Hello, friends. It's been a few weeks since my last new episode. I've been busy with my real job, making sure technology works in the classrooms at the University of Wyoming. I even got a shout out by a uh, faculty member that appreciated my skills on how I taught him to use Zoom in the classroom. I've been doing this a lot. I've been working with Zoom for the last four years, so it's pretty easy to teach someone in the classrooms, but he gave me a big old shout out on our faculty listserv email. And so I got I had some other people that know me said they were proud to see my name in that shout out. I also got my COVID-19 antibodies test done yesterday, Friday, and I should have my results by this next episode of this show, or at least by my next radio show, you know, The Fallout, Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. on Cowboy Joe Radio. You should check it out if you haven't already. Today's guest is Wyatt Springsteen. Now, some of you listening may have grown up with him or gone to college with him, but a lot of you know him from the band Chancey Williams and the Younger Brothers. Well, I was born in Pocatello, Idaho, but I was raised in Saratoga, Wyoming. So how long did your family stay in Pocatello? Was that uh, we, we moved to Wyoming when I was like one year old. So is, I pretty much spent all my life in Saratoga. Is, did your parents, are they Pocatellans? Is that what they call them? Or is that Idahoans? How they meet? Idahoans? <laughs> yeah. Um, my dad was from that area and my mom is from up by Sandpoint or Sandpoint, Idaho, up by Coeur d'Alene. Um, so kind of up near Canada. Um, okay. Idaho is a beautiful state. Yeah. I love, it, but, uh, I love Wyoming too, for sure. Yeah. How they meet? Dude, I mean, um, Idaho is a big at, state. <laughs> they met at the uh, um, University of Idaho. Okay. Yeah. Is that in Moscow? Is that yep. There? Moscow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's from covering sports a lot. That'd be a fun school to go to. Cause it's like, right. What is it like 10 or 12 miles from Pullman, Washington, Washington and, state. Uh, yeah. 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 That's like to try city areas. I think my aunt may live there. That sounds familiar. I think my it's aunt may live there Moscow. too. But, yeah. So were you the first born? Were you? I, I was. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had a brother. His name was Gabe. He was three years, uh, three years younger than me. So, um, and I don't know if we want to talk about the story of my brother now, or if we want to wait till later, cause that's kind of a big deal, but it's also kind of heavy. Oh, when you, <laughs> said, you had, that? when you said had, I went, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so you guys moved your first born, you moved to, from Idaho to Wyoming to Saratoga, Wyoming. Saratoga. So let's just jump over the hill for us here in Laramie. Yeah. Um, was it like growing up in Saratoga? I guess all your memories come from there. What were you yeah. into? It, it was awesome. Um, we were we grew up fishing and hunting and floating the river and playing golf. Um, it was just, uh, I don't know, a cool town. And um, my mom was a music teacher and my dad was in a band. So I kind of grew up around music and just was always involved with, uh, with music and the Platte Valley. And, um, I don't know. It was super fun. It was pretty small. Like I graduated with 30 people. Um, I don't know. Everybody was really close. We had uh, a bunch of great friends from there. Um, I had a, I had a great class. Um, 
everybody played sports, everybody was in band, um, uh, everybody was academically challenging to each other. It was just, it was really good. That's hard. If, well, I went to Laramie High School, so what, 300 yeah. people. I've never <laughs> lived in a place smaller than Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah. And, and moving here, I moved from Portland, Oregon, and right. when I was 13, and then uh, it was a shock. It was the culture shock of a lifetime, especially at 13. And I think at that age, I was like, you know, popular football, all that was coming along. And then bam, I'm in Wyoming, whole different pond of people, whole different lifestyle. It was interesting. And it's even so, hard because my, my wife went to Laramie High School as well. Yeah. And it's even sometimes hard for Laramie people to relate to Saratoga or uh, any of the small towns around Wyoming because they're so small. Yeah. Um, just to what, you know, high school life or just growing up was like, it was a little different, you know, and it yeah. was at the time uh, we could just have run of the town when we were kids. Our parents had let us just go off and save you back by supper and do whatever you do. And now, you know, um, my kids aren't quite old enough to do anything like that yet, but it's going to be a while, man. I say, this is my, I don't have kids. This is my theory on the whole situation of that. We had free range and my generation, our generation uh, comes, a lot of our parents were divorced. So one parent at home, probably working both two jobs. So you either had you and your sibling or you, you know, be home by dark, be like, there were staple times where your parents were like, just as long as you're out of my hair. Right. I'm happy. Or, you know, <laughs> and, or if I can just call out the door and you're, you know, out the back door and you come running, that works. Or street lights, however that worked. Right. But then we got to be parents. Our generation were like, no, 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 that's not how it's going to work. We know, know what we got into and we don't want our kids. So we hover parents appeared. Right. And then if you aren't, if you aren't one of those, you kind of have to adhere to the, I noticed with my friends, I'm like, my parents would drop me off at practice and leave. They'd watch games, but practice was not a parent participation. And I, I see parents at practice all the time now. And I hear it from other parents like, if I don't go, I get ostracized by their parents. And I'm like, that's terrible. That's terrible. But yeah, it was a different time back then. And that's, it's kind of nice that we didn't also half our lives aren't on Facebook. We grew up internet free yeah, that's, for that's another thing man it's uh i don't know we're living in a different world man it's crazy yeah so your parents are like musically inclined mm-hmm. growing up so did you learn an instrument at a young age were you singing around the house like uh yeah singing in uh church singing around the house i learned the piano but i, I didn't stick with it and then i learned the guitar um and i learned the saxophone mom was the band and choir teacher and um so i i I did that through my uh entire school career there and i even did it into college i went to um my first two years were at eastern wyoming over in torrington and uh so i played in the jazz band over there and paid for a little bit of my school yeah and um and then, so my, and my dad was in a band. So when I was old enough, um, and we were talking like 16 years old, 17 years old, I would go down and sit in with his band at the bar and, uh, you know, it was no big deal. And 
like Derek uh, Truck style. Yeah, just go play, you know, play a set with them and kind of learn the ropes and see what all the adults are doing down there. <laughs> By the time you started playing in bars, it was old hat. You'd been there. <laughs> You'd been there. Comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah, been That's there, good. done that. So it it was a uh, it was a good upbringing. Yeah. Did your did you like start like everybody else like a band? Did you have some friends too? Mine yep. is outside of your family band. I did. We started a band in eighth grade, and we were called the Paper Cuts. Okay. With a Z on the end. Oh, nice, nice. And our first uh, two songs we played were at the um, middle school talent show. We played uh, What I Like About You, um, EAD. Yeah. yeah. And we played uh, Ring of Fire. Okay. Great. We thought we were the bee's knees. Um, And I started that band with a guy named Casey Jones, who um, he has a, a band going out of Cheyenne right now. Um, they're called Third Rail, and they're doing really, really good. Um, so after that, we did some kind of jazz fusion side projects for art shows, and then in high school, we uh, we started a band called Hayseed, which I always thought was a super cool name. Those yeah, were my. It, it sounds like it should still be a band name. Yeah, Hayseed. I mean, yeah. it's awesome. You know, and this was it was the '90s, and so we were playing a lot of. 90s type songs big okay. Todd, and stuff like that and we were even playing some uh our drummer was kind of a hippie so we'd play some grateful dead songs and uh we were uh i don't know we had we had a lot of fun you know and then we, we kind of we all went our separate ways after high school that's cool speaking my language with that big head todd and grateful dead talk yeah i see big head todd well this is the first year in 10 years and I didn't see him at Red Rocks. I was going to sit this year out because we we're going to be in like New Orleans week before, but end up watching. They did a show there and then mm-hmm. record it and show it on uh, YouTube later. And they just did a show there last week, I think. Right. On a Tuesday, tickets were all together like 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And, and there was what, 200 tickets? Maybe that, 600 tickets. Wow. It, it looked rough. Uh, and so... Mm-hmm. We got, we got to play a show with them. Yeah, where at? In um, in Jackson, we got to play the Fireman's Ball up there, and uh, and I've always loved them. Yeah. And, um. So it was so cool to open for them, but they were the nicest guys, and um, ended up hanging out with us and just talking guitars and chilling, you know. And I, I heard them talking to each other. I was kind of eavesdropping on a couple. Yeah. And I, all I heard was, because uh, uh, they were, look, we pulled up with the tour bus and everything. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no shit. Laramie, Wyoming. <laughs> it's like, that's right, man. Yeah. They played here in Laramie in the 90s, yep. which I, I was, I hate myself. I, that kind of, in the 90s, I was such a rap guy, DJ, like, I wasn't inviting Big Head Todd or Widespread Panic into my mind or Grateful Dead until many years later. And Widespread has played here, and so is Big Head Todd. I'm like, yeah, I didn't care. I knew, I remember when Big Head Todd was here, and I didn't care. I was like, oh, whatever. They're not Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. That was just I, like, I heard that show was epic. Yeah, uh, I bet. All the friends I've talked to that went to that show back in the 90s, it must have been 94, 95, something like that. And, um, they said it was awesome. 
and he plays really hard and he's breaking strings all the time and his guitar text just keeps running out with new guitar with a fresh set of strings and he's got to go back and change them. And, um, I heard it was awesome. So I think we're into tour into touring tenure in school. So okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Graduated. Did you, you want to go to college? I always have to have these people. Like a um, lot of people are like, I always wanted to go to the university of Wyoming or I wanted to go to this place. You went to Eastern there in Torrington. I wanted to go to school. I just, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with it. I just kind of knew I wanted to go. And it was, uh, I got some money for, uh, like some a scholarship for playing the saxophone over in Torrington. And so I thought it was, you know, sounded like a, a fun adventure. And I had a blast in Torrington and it was, I was there for two years and met a lot of uh, great people over there and um, had a lot of fun. So after that, I, um, I, I got kind of like a general degree, associate's degree. I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was, uh, at the time, my job back home in Saratoga was at the Old Baldy Club. And so I was working in the pro shop and uh, playing lots of golf. So I took a year off and went to California to the, um, it's like a sister kind of club out there in Palm Spring or Palm Desert and uh, played golf all winter out there. Kind of took some time off. And then I decided I wanted to come back to school. So I came to Laramie and uh, ended up getting an uh, education degree um, in secondary education. Um, yeah, so I kind of always knew I wanted to go to school and it just took me a little while to get through it. Oh, oh, I know all about getting through school. Uh, <laughs> I never, I, by the time it was college, I thought I was going to play football. I got recruited small places, never really panned out. So I went okay. to UW and it probably took me two years into the university of Wyoming to be like, yes, university of Wyoming. I was just going to school. I was a big Oregon Ducks fan, so I was holding on to my West Coast stuff. And then, but I was covering everything. I do video work. I did video work in college. I have a degree in broadcasting, and so I was on the fields. I was next to players. And then I was like, "Ah, oh, I have a vested interest in this now." And I became like super fan at that moment and have season tickets and all that. But I never like Wyoming was like a last choice. I'm glad I went. I mean, like it's saved my family's lunch. My my, my stepdad got a job here. You know, brought our family here, uh, my mom and my sisters, and my mom got a job there. I went to school there. I worked there. I mean, it's a place I really dug in my heels not to like, but has really panned out in the long. Even from here, I could, I could, I could see that. You know, you kind of want to spread your wings, go elsewhere. Um, yeah. You know, I'm hoping for my kids' sake they decide to go here, or you know, just for my pocketbook's sake, I should say. <laughs> it's an affordable education. It is. And, it's a great education. And I think a lot, I've always preached it to my cousins, kids, nephews, nieces. I'm like, I'm, I live here. You can get in-state, you know, I got a headdress or something like that. I was like, mm -hmm. or at least they'll have someone they can turn to if anything they need. And I was like, and it's an affordable education. You will save so much more money. They can live like a rock star in Laramie as opposed to like, going to school in like Austin, Texas or Los Angeles or, you know. I, I had a dream at one point in high school, I was playing Legion ball for Rollins. Okay. And I had a dream of going to play baseball for Baylor. I don't know why it became Baylor. And uh, 
and I don't know if I applied and they accepted me or something like that. And so I had big dreams and then I just got burnt out on uh, Legion ball. I don't know how many, I can't remember how many games we played that last summer I did it, but it was just, it was a lot and I didn't have enough money. I, you know, I couldn't have a job. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you're playing baseball all the time. So I just ended up having to give that up and uh, you know, I'm not mad that I did. <laughs> I, I miss football. I do, but my body doesn't. Right. Uh, I only, you know, played five years. I couldn't imagine playing much more. How I sound like a popcorn machine now. And I was a lineman. I did the against people. I wasn't you know, making a lot of hard cuts or anything like that. And so, but yeah, I get up and walk up the stairs. And it's like, crack, 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 crack. I'm okay. Everything is working all right. I thought my shoulders would go first because that was shoulder pads. And then I carried a camera, a video oh, camera on my shoulder for all of college and a couple of years working at a news station. And I would like, I'd go to chiropractors and they'd be like, uh, you, do you carry something on your right shoulder? And I'm like, yeah, how do you, can you tell? Like, I wasn't that bad, but I mean, just cause I carried a camera for so long, 35 pounds or so. It's, I think like my, uh, my posture when I play the guitar isn't the best. I can't yeah. like, over a little bit and I, from that from years and years and years of doing it i'm having some neck problems from it i bet i bet i mean it's yeah, it's, it's just... weight it's weight on strapped around your neck like right. for a couple hours at a stretch i mean it's comfortable like you when you play right. but when you take that off you must be like taking off shoulder pad like oh and some guitars are heavier than others i've got you know like a, like a a Les Paul is a really heavy guitar and I played one of yeah. those for a while and I've got I've got a um, like this custom telly that's made out of this really dense wood called Coca-Cola so it weighs about as much as a and, and walnut it weighs about as much as a Les Paul's I, I rarely play that guitar <laughs> like this is a studio one because I can sit down and kind of <laughs> yeah, exactly. put it on my lap and play exactly. yeah I, uh, well we're we're going so much into the future with you that's and okay. uh so you clearly play in a band. We haven't really gotten into it. Um, how did you meet the band? How did you get involved with uh, Chancey Williams and the Young Brothers? Um, well, so that story, that goes back to my brother. So my, okay. bro my well, brother was in the we band. We want to talk about mm -hmm. uh, your brother's passing, I think it is. Yep. yep. Okay. And so he had been in the band for a couple of years and, um, he was driving on his way to the Johnson County Fair and Rodeo up in Buffalo and got in a car accident out on um, the Shirley Basin Road and oh. passed away. So, um, and at, the, at that point I was living in Denver. Um, I wasn't doing music at all. I, I kind of sat in with this uh, funk band and it, that really didn't work out. And uh, so anyway, after uh, Gabe passed away, um, what, what instrument do you play? Or was he, he like? played guitar. So oh, guitar? You guys were? Yeah. If guitar brothers. Yeah. If anybody's seen uh, seen our band, I play this green guitar usually. It's kind of a wild yeah. guitar. So I um, I had that guitar, but he told me he was going to be in this band. He's like, yeah, they're like the best band in Wyoming, man. Can, can I borrow your guitar? Is that cool? And I was like, yeah, man. So I, I loaned him that green guitar, and it was like it was the only thing that survived his car crash. Oh. And uh, the guy that built it, his name is Scott Platts, um, at the time lived in Saratoga, went and uh, got it back for me. So 
Um, after that, um, Chancey moved down to Nashville to, he did an in internship with Toby Keith. Okay. So he was down there for a little bit. The band was kind of taking a break. They were playing some shows as well in that period um, with one of the original guitar players. And then um, he said, hey man, I'm making an album. Um, do you want to, do you want to be in the band? And I said, yeah, man, I was kind of hating my life in Denver. Um, you know, I was just kind of hating my job. I was, I was ready. And, uh, so that was, that was, yeah, that was like 15 years ago. And it was, you were like first choice. That was no, no brain. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm never asked it. That's it. That's it. That's what we got to do. Had you played with them at all before? Um, I sat in with them um, one time down at the Cowboy when my brother was still alive. He asked me to come up and hit the show and come play a few songs with them. So, right on. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I guess I never knew Chauncey went. I thought I figured guys were still wearing me or organic, and, and I never knew he went down to Nashville. I was going to talk about that, and yeah. it just. It felt like another, like just this organic Larry band that kind of was like knew each other, pulled it from together from all around Wyoming, and oh. and we loved it. We still love it. We're still yeah. like in love with the band and everything. Yeah. And that's nice. Yeah. Of you. yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey. Well, it's because like uh, it's hard. Like Laramie, you don't. You might get a band together, but everybody's from like Chicago, or they're just not Wyoming folk. Right. And so it's a different feel. It's definitely a college town, but you guys were in a college town. Right. But you were all from all from Wyoming. I think you had what a Montana guy too. So, um well current currently we've got um our bass player lives in Loveland and uh we just well uh, last year we got a um, an auxiliary guitar player named Brett. He's from Waco, Texas. Oh, okay. Um so he he was out on the road playing with Casey Donahue. Okay. Yeah. So now he's, now he's with us and um so that's been good having another uh guitar player really mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, nice it, it takes, takes the load off me you know there's yeah. there's all these parts that are if i'm just because chancy plays acoustic yeah and, and i play electric but there's a lot of times there's two or three different electric parts that you really need to hear that i can't do all by myself so it's um it really adds to things and then he does some banjo stuff and some steel guitar stuff too oh wow man, i haven't caught you guys in a while sorry about that oh, and the new show is awesome yeah good good yeah yeah, yeah they're guess what you're doing the white trash bash white trash bash yep i don't know how many years we've done that but that's coming up i think everybody's pretty excited about it um just because we were supposed to do it back in may and uh you know obviously that got yeah canceled so um and it, we haven't played in laramie for a while and we um you know and our shows right now are kind of few and far between just it's tough you know how do you guys handle i i talked to um ray carlisle of teenage bottle rocket and he oh. didn't they didn't play a sh teenage bottle rocket didn't play a show but he played with another band down in denver and it was like they were 40 feet from everybody else that everyone people were there for an hour then out and yeah. everybody was under glass social distancing he was like it was great to play again 
but it was like I was like like playing in a hospital. I was like that's kind of what it has to be at this moment. Super weird. The uh, the shows that we were able to do this summer. So we put together like a little, uh, we called it the 250 tour. Okay. Because that's what they said. You could you, you can have 250 people at a, right, right. At a live event like that. So um, at, at those shows, um, it was kind of, when we first started doing it, people were pretty standoffish and nobody knew what to do. And everybody's a little confused about how to act. Um, and then after about halfway through the show, people kind of start dancing and then they just kind of lose their minds after a while, you know, yep. but you know, we tried to stay within the uh, confines of what the governor said was appropriate. Yeah. And um, it, it's, we, we went from playing some really awesome shows last year, doing some really big shows. And we had on the, um, on the schedule this summer, we had like part of a tour with Toby Keith. We had some Gary Allen shows. We're talking like 10,000, 15,000 people shows that um, we were really looking forward to. And now it's back to 250. So, you know, uh, and, and it was fun to go back and play some of the, these towns that we haven't played in a long time, like, um, like Lusk, um, Worland, we did a uh, we did something for the Washakie County Fair up there, and uh, we haven't played those in a while. And those were kind of some of the towns that we played a good bit on the way up. And it was good to go back to those places and see all the people that we knew. And so there was there was some good that came out of it. Some roots, the roots for sure. Yeah. You know, we are Wyoming. We're the biggest neighborhood out there, <laughs> one area code, you know? And so uh, kind of jumping around here a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I know your wife because I went to high school with her. Right. Uh, she was, as I, I cracked me up, I think the first time you told me that you guys were married, or I don't know if you were, yeah, you told me you were married. I was like, the girl from down the street, like mm -hmm. literally I grew up four blocks away from your wife. So how'd you guys meet? Um, we met through a mutual friend from Saratoga that was working uh, at Unawile for okay. Terra, and she introduced us. And then I don't know that was that was it. Our first date was at uh, Mizu. Or is that oh. was it? It's called Mizu. Mizu, yeah. Mizu, yeah. Mizu Pies. <coughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah, I met through mutual friend. Was she like an instant uh, band support? I don't want to call her groupie. Was she there? Yeah. Um, she was. It's it's hard to be a, a spouse uh, or a significant other of someone that's in in the entertainment industry. It's because um, it's just a completely different world, you know. I my gigs are at night and uh, on the weekends or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's uh, but you know she kind of jumped in with both feet and, and we've had kids through this whole thing and I made both of the births. So that's, that's a big win. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> I understand that. Well, as a DJ, I, under, I ran into some moments definitely where the significant other wasn't happy with all the ladies that hang out or then, and just being why well, we work nights. Mm-hmm. 
And so just being away those nights or you're just guaranteed every weekend is time to, time to go to work, time to do some, you know, play and entertain. And so if you don't have one that understands that that's what it is. And there, I'm like, I was with all mine. I was like, you're always welcome to hang out. You just might not be the attention at the time because I got, you know, play music and such. And so it must be difficult. Yeah, but it sounds it's like she's difficult, very but, you know, we're, we're good. And I, I think, you know, one of the hardest things was when we got the bus. Okay. Because uh, the, uh, the tour bus has this big uh, stigma of, you know, that it's just a giant party and there's uh, chicks and cocaine on there and stuff. And uh, thanks a lot, Molly crew. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that, that was kind of a, uh, that was tough to get over, but like we took her out one weekend and like, this is kind of how it is. We just kind of sit around on our phones and wait for sound check and then go back and eat dinner and sit around on our phones and wait to play, you know? Yeah. Because you've partied. And you played music, but now it's business yeah. and it's easier to do these things while not partying. I understand, you know, yeah, and, and sure. to have clear thoughts and be like, okay, we want to do this, 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 you know, instead of everybody being a hot mess and the party bus, yeah. all right, we're all locked in and loaded and ready, you know, to, to play we'll party afterwards. Well, you know, you can do this stuff later. I, oh, I totally understand it's business time. And, and it's, uh, I think that's part of the, one of the reasons for our success is we've kind of always understood like when it's appropriate. Um, and we've got a crew of 10 guys now and we always want to show up to a place and be as pro as possible. You know, we want everybody to be on point, have everything together that they need to do. And, uh, you know, really put our best foot forward no matter where we go. And, uh, you know, even like afterwards, you know, we're happy to like talk to promoters and stuff and, but not, uh, be too crazy or anything, you know, you don't want to get a bad reputation or anything. So, yeah, I had a few drinks with you guys in Vegas after a show. Yeah. Uh-huh. We didn't get crazy. We just hung out. Tons right. of people, you know, they are rock stars, but we just chilled out. I think the place was dead. Like the bar area was like literally dead and it was just like us hanging out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand. A buddy of mine is like, oh, I, re- I saw them somewhere in Wyoming and knew him from Laramie and I went to go hang out afterwards and they were all business. I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Laramie is one thing. Out on there is a different story. I was like, we have a lot, they have a lot of fun here. I was like, but I could totally see all business on the road. And also it just saves you for the next time because you probably got a couple shows in a row. And right. so, yeah, when it's all done, hang out. Hang fun. out, be yeah. cool. Don't, don't make an ass out of yourself. And it's, uh, um, you know, unless it's cheeky, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fine line. In the, and especially in like small towns too in Wyoming, because they'll never stop talking about you if you were to like, oh, yeah. burn the place down afterwards or you got crazy and stuff. Right. Yeah. You, you, you want to go back yeah. to wherever you've been, you know, at the yeah. very least, you know, and you want, you want people to talk nicely of you and uh tell their friends what uh i don't know pros you were so so like i i writing a song mm-hmm. how do you do it do you do you are you i mean if you're like okay i got the song do you i know chance you may handle a lot of the lyrics but if you have the lyrics in your head are you like i think it should go like this or be banned i mean how do you a guys lot, work it out 
the the writing for the albums is all chancy and um and he's written with some other writers um down in nashville but our producer uh, is a guy named trent willman um chancy does a lot of writing with him because he's a he's kind of a, a cowboy he gets the gets the western lifestyle and kind of knows where chance he's coming from me personally i don't do a lot of writing i you know i've all the stuff that i've really done um and it could be just like coming up with a little lick and then seeing what kind of sing-songy words go with it or or maybe if you have some sort of a poem type of thought in your mind or whatever uh it, it can come from that but um all the all the writing for the albums and the stuff that everybody hears that's all chancy even the music part where he's like, okay, I got yep. these lyrics. Yeah. He plays out the guitar. Yep. They do it at the same like, time. And then you come in and like, oh, I, I got that. Here yep. I go. Oh, yep. Just get in where I fit in. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. So I, I, I'm very intrigued. Who are your, who are your influences? I, I always ask people for their five uh, favorite music artists. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go guitarist with you because since you are one, well, it, it's kind of funny. Um, so, so our new bass player, um, and he's been with us three years now, I think. Um, yeah. Jay, yeah, yeah. He, um, he and I jive because we're about. I'm a little older than the rest of the guys in the band, and Jay's just a couple years older than me. But we uh, listen, came up listening to the same music. Okay. So, and Jay played in some rockabilly bands, and so he was a big rockabilly guy for a long time. Loved the Reverend Horton Heat. Um, but he's also a Primus guy, which I am a Primus guy, and uh, no, nobody else in the band is. You know, they all hate it, and uh, so we just play it really loudly at the end of the night. Um, and you know, like as far as like country music goes, um, I, I grew up listening to Merle Haggard and Dwight Yoakam and uh, Don Williams and stuff like that, but. Let's see. I don't know. I, I love the band Living Color. That's another one that uh, yes. that uh, Jay and I jive on. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a pretty diverse. Uh, I don't know. It's kind it's of electric. an eclectic, eclectic taste, I guess. You know, like I've been to all the punk rock shows. I've been to all the jam band shows. I've even uh, seen a lot of rap shows and. I don't know. It, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, one or even five particular five. things that are my favorite. I'm generally good at the first three. Um, the Doors were probably one of my biggest influences. But the BC Boys, yeah, definitely. And uh, Widespread Panic. Yeah. Well, no, I've seen him like 50 sometimes. I travel all around from. And then after that, like Jay Z a lot. Um, yeah. I saw Jay-Z in concert. He was awesome. He was good. I'm so mad at myself for not going, but I got to meet him. Oh, really? At his new station. I worked out in New York. Um, We were doing, we are covering a celebrity softball tournament. It was between Puff Daddy's group, Rock, uh, not Rockwood, uh, Bad Boy and Jay-Z's group, Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. And we go to interview Puff Daddy. He's kind of a jerk. Nothing surprising. Like, he was right. my reporter a bitch with like within earshot of us. Yeah, it wasn't fun. I was like, ah, typical. So we go, let's go talk to Jay-Z. So we walk up to Jay-Z and he's just calling the event. He's doing like play-by-play stuff. 
He's mm-hmm. not playing in it. I don't think he's with Beyonce yet because he's not in the shape that he is in today. Mm-hmm. And so he, I'm like, hey, can we talk to you? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, hold on, player. And I'm like, what? Player? Me? From Wyoming? And I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Dying oh, on the word. Yeah. And, uh, oh. and he's like, grabs my camera. And he's like, that heavy? And he's all asking me all these questions about the camera. And I'm, I think I'm answering them. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, Jay-Z's just talking to me like a dude, like a regular guy. And so we interview him. We talk about the event. We get done. And he's like, hey, dog, if you need anything to eat, drink, whatever you need, just come get me. I'll get you something. And we're walking away. And my reporter's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, but I'm his dog. I'm like, I was like, disappointed. I was like, this kid from Wyoming, it held it together through a lot of different like celebrity interviews without being total like starstruck. Yeah, that was a tough one to do at the moment because I was just like, uh, like he, he was the time. He was super good. I because I saw him with um, I saw him with Snoop and Fifty Cent oh, wow. and John Paul and uh, uh, and then Jay Z and they were all you know really good. I've seen Snoop a few times. Snoop's great. Yeah, and uh, I was just I was blown away at Jay Z's set. He he was awesome. He freestyled for a while and it was unbelievable. Like. We saw, I saw Snoop at a music festival in Michigan mm-hmm. and he played the 420 set. Yeah, yeah. Um, came out late though, but they came out on uh, low riding bikes. Mm-hmm. And so and it was great. It was so hot though at that specific stage. And I can't remember. I was like, got to go. Cause I was going to watch somebody else. And Primus was there. You were talking about Primus. Mm-hmm. They were, the late night show after I saw my first widespread panic show, you leave widespread panic. I think they covered a talking head song. I was like, that was amazing. And then walking through this forest, that looks like a, like a blacklight poster. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you can hear my name is mud just yeah. going on in the distance. And it's basically was a primus like best of cause it was a festival. Right. So it was great. You got all the covers and they hadn't played in years at the time. And then I got to see him at Red Rocks. Yeah. And, and maybe you were there. Bless broke a string uh-huh. on his bass. And he, uh, and he was like, well, that was a great show. See you guys later. You know, and they had only done like three songs. I was just talking about that because my wife had this dream a couple nights ago. She yeah. said, I had a nightmare. I, I was in your band and I had a guitar and the strings kept breaking and you getting mad at me and then you changed them and then you expected me to tune it. And uh, <laughs> so she was freaking out. Um, and so we were talking about that and I was like, Oh yeah, this, uh, we, we played a show with Miranda Lambert one okay. time at the Grizzly Rose down in Denver and our bass player Dugan Hughes um, and he was playing this purple, um, like a P bass and it had these green strings on it. He thought he was pretty cool with these green strings. I love Dugan. Yeah. And, uh, boom. I mean, this is a big show for us, you know, Miranda Lambert and boom, he breaks the string and, uh, he's like, what do I do? And her guitar tech was standing right off stage and he's like, come on over here. And so Dugan ran over to him. The guy just grabbed his bass put a new string on lickety split tuned it up and sent him back on his way. And we just kept going. And, uh, it was one of the coolest things. And I was talking to that guy and he was in the band blue October. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, but then he was guitar attacking for Miranda Lambert, super cool guy. Um, yep. Broken string, just lickety split 
Didn't know I was from Adam, just being a nice guy. Derek Trucks Band, mm-hmm. playing with Susan. No, they're not Tedeschi Band Trucks yet. Um, they're married and everything. Mm-hmm. He's, she comes out to play with his band. I'm watching him. He breaks a string. She restrings it right there as he's shredding. Yeah. Restrings it. I think he like tunes up a little bit. She took over. He tuned up a little bit. And then she's rubbing his back after that. <laughs> I was like, is that not the greatest rock and roll wife, husband couple right there? I was like, that was amazing. And I was always impressed by him where he plays slide. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll make it disappear. The slide is gone. He'll just yeah. tread again. And then he has got it back on. I don't know if he tucks pocket or where he's got the, you guys must have his spot to, Right. I mean, everybody kind of has some, some mic stands. I like a little kind of a, a, I don't know, like a coat hanger looking thing that comes okay. up, drop it on there. Some guys put it in their pocket. There's people do different things, but you play much live. Um, no, not really. Um, every once in a while I'll dink around with it, but not in the band. So our new auxiliary guy, yeah, he, he's kind of a blues. Um, he's got a blues background. But he also has country background playing with Casey. Um, but so he plays slide on some stuff and then he still does the um, uh, steel guitar. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's cool. I, and I've gotten to just like play a lot more blues, just kind of jamming out during sound yeah. and stuff. Cause I like playing the blues too, That's but amazing. I never really get a chance to cause we don't go on any blues jams in our band, you know? So that's been kind of fun. <laughs> You're gonna to have to bring back your that last band name. What were you guys called? Uh, Hayseed. Hayseed, and you're gonna to have to play some blue, like some blues. Yeah. I I am an absolute sucker for blues music. Yeah. But I don't have the blues. I have a pretty good life, and yeah. so I'm always like, I can't relate. Yes, I, I, I get that sometimes, but I've never been there. But the yeah, slide guitar and steel guitar. I just I geek out. Mm-hmm. I love the sound of it. It's yeah, uh, pretty fun. sweet. So I was like, "Do you play?" That's awesome. And yeah. I'm like, I I always say I have a guitar in my office here, and I tune it up every couple months, and then let it get some dust. Mm-hmm. And it was my gonna be my musical outlet when I stopped DJing at Lovejoy's. Yeah. And, and then I had a radio show, and then I had another radio show, and another. And now I have four radio shows and a podcast. Sorry, guitar, you get. Yeah. Oh, man just collecting dust that's yeah, sh- sad because like the first time i tried to learn guitar i tried to learn right-handed i am lefty uh-huh. and it was terrible and now if i'm a guy left-handed guitar and it comes along when i work at it of course comes along when you work at it but you gotta you gotta work at it every day like every day in high school you know i would just go sit in my room and play and play and play and play and play and never stopped i need that kind of well i I call it the musical outlet because I was like, if I didn't have my radio shows, it would be, be played all the time. But I, I, every day, every week I've come up with four shows worth of music. So my head is constantly swimming in that stuff. And yeah. like, well, oh, yeah, guitar time. <laughs> for me and for anybody else in the entertainment industry, yeah. it's, um, we, it, everything was clicking along uh, better than it had ever been and playing all these shows and we're doing, three four shows a week and doing big like doing west coast tours and stuff like that and and then once uh covid hit 
boom, it's gone. Like the brakes just got put on suddenly. So you don't, and, and we love to do it. And so then you're like, uh, okay, now what, you know, cause there's only, um, and I like playing, I like noodling around or jamming or whatever, but I'd really want to go out and perform. Yeah. And uh, like doing all the Facebook live things, the Instagram live things and everybody was doing them. And, um, and it was good for fans for a little while. And we just kind of got tired of it. Um, it. It was, it was fun. It would be, you know, it was a, an outlet of sorts, but it's just, it wasn't the same thing, you know, cause then you kind of get addicted to uh, these big rock and shows like with huge sound systems and big stage and lots of people on the reaction. The, yeah. The, the reaction, reaction is addictive yeah. mm -hmm. as a DJ. When I used to look out and I had the room, it felt so good. Like you like that song, you're going to like this song. Like it felt so good when you would have that kind of, I mean, and nothing beats a live audience. It's, it's, and so, yeah, you can put a thousand faces on these screens of zoom watching you, but it's not as that the, the, you can't feel that energy and everything. And yeah. so, yeah, you guys were humming right along. Have you guys toured internationally? Um, we, let's see, we did, uh, we did a show in France. Oh, there you um, go. That was cool. It wasn't a full tour. We just went over and did this one festival over there. Um, but it was, it was really cool. Like we were, uh, walking down the street and people are like, Oh, Jesse Williams. There, there was like people from, uh, uh, Germany and Sweden and Italy and Spain. They all came for this festival. Um, and I think somebody had put together this, uh, like a line dance to one of our songs since they're, they're all into line dancing over there and they love like the cowboy culture and stuff. And so they kind of knew who we were and uh, we did, we did that festival with Aaron Watson um, and it was super cool. We, uh, we had a great time. I mean, we, we played down in Mexico um, last year and we were supposed to do it again this year down in Cabo for another festival with a bunch of uh, Texas artists. And um, so that it got pushed back to July this year it was supposed to be in um, May, I think. And we were like, we can't do it. We got to, um, we got to pick up whatever shows we can get in the summer here locally. Yeah. To make some money. You know, we got to pay, we got to pay everybody's salaries. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, well, speaking of COVID and stuff, you got kids. Mm-hmm homeschooling how did that go like are they back in school or are they they're, they're back in school yeah it was um it was okay we got through it you know um they, they kind of get sick of hanging out with daddy you know it's just we 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 ran out of stuff to do we for a while you couldn't go to parks you couldn't go do anything so we would go we would go hike up in the mountains or we would go ride bikes or whatever or just try to figure out stuff to do at home you know, and we'd have our school lessons and stuff to do, but that didn't take very long. Um, so then they opened up the parks and then, then we got sick of going to the parks cause we'd like, just would hit them every day. 
and uh, the pool wasn't open. The pool opened up, so we went to the pool every day. And that, then we got sick of going to the pool. It's um, so it's it's been kind of hard to keep them entertained. And uh, but I don't know. We've been doing our best. We bought a camper. Oh, we, cool. yeah. We we like said we'd never really be camper people. We were like, eh, I don't think that's not for me. And uh, after a couple months of <laughs> nothing to do, we're like, you know what? Let's get a camper. Um, so, so that's been good. We've been doing a lot of camping, going up to, uh, Glendo, um, going up to Kurt Gowdy, been up to Custer a couple times. Um, so that's, that's been nice. I guess the, the offshoot, the side prong, you know, of, of COVID is you're spending a lot of time with kids when you used to be on the road. Right. And so, I mean, you're going to get back on the road, but you're going to remember these times right now where, they're like, yeah. they were sick of me, you know, <laughs> but I, I'm remembering right now. I'm not sick of them. So yeah. I mean, that's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I've talked to a few musicians about it and I was like, yeah, you guys get going and you, the live crowd is, you know, that we can't have. It's just, if there was a better way, I'm just, I wish I could figure it out to have it's it really all. There's not, you know, and it, yeah. it so many different people in entertainment, you know, you've got, just in the on the music side you've got like tour managers uh road managers lighting directors uh stage directors front of house guys uh crew guys um it's just um there's so many people that are affected by it that got you know that a lot of them had like zero income since what was it March since spring break? Um, Cause a lot of people are 1099 filers. They're self-employed. Um, and so there there's no work and then there was no jobs. So you go on employment and it's, it's been really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, I, I, March 18th, dumb day after St. Patrick's Day is my birthday. And I was going to go see Mo in Fort Collins, oh, yeah. big band. I love them. And they cancel. I mean, everything was just going down. right? Out. And I was like, well, if they play, should I even go? Like, this is crazy. I'm a diabetic. I have a compromised immune system. So I'm not sure of where I fit in. You know, if this is a good idea, I know to take care of myself. And speaking of that, I tested positive September 11th. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was through testing at University of Wyoming through a saliva test. Uh-huh. So I found out Sunday, and the uh, 13th, that is, and took a test, nasal swab, Monday the 14th. Negative. That one is negative. I never had one sign whatsoever. I was like, once I heard I was positive, I was sitting on the couch going, Am I hot? Am I sweaty? Is this <laughs> it? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I thought I had all the symptoms right then. And I, we got a thermometer the university sent out to everybody, every student, every person that works. So I check my temperature all the time, all the time. Okay. And so I become, you know, negative. So I was like, no, I got negative. My girlfriend takes one. She gets a negative through the nasal swab. It's the most uncomfortable thing. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, but if you want to know, those are good results. Like if you want to know. Right. I'm not sure about the saliva one. I just took today being Friday. I took my antibodies test. You have to wait 14 days to see if you have it. 
And so it was 14 days from when I had tested positive. Right. And so I did, it's weird because I had the 10 day quarantine or stay at home. My girlfriend got a 14 because she was with me, around me. And since she's an essential worker, she's the funeral director here. Um, so she could go out and do stuff. She just had to keep her mask on like always. And so once we got our negatives, we're like, yay, clear. Nope, state of Wyoming calls you. And it's all information based off your positive result. I don't even think they had our negatives at the time. So every piece of information I got, they gave me was for a positive result. And they're like, you got to be careful with your cats and stuff. And I was just like, I'm negative. Like, I don't have any like signs. So if I don't have the antibodies, that was definitely a false positive. But if I do, it was the easiest sickness I've ever had in my lifetime compared to what I thought a diabetic would run into. Like right. I thought I'd end up in the hospital <clears throat> just because that was, was, but I think that my, I have type O blood okay. type I, o handles it better than like a or something like I that. I think so. Yeah. I, well, well to go back to like when it started, yeah. we yeah. were, um, we were on our way to play a show in Houston uh, during the Houston stock show um with pat green at his club it's like right downtown it's super cool place and then it started hitting so like we were listening to the news all the way down there we're like are we gonna even gonna have this show? all the, they're like we're gonna um we're gonna do baseball but there's gonna be no fans we were like what and then like later or maybe the next day they're like you know what we're not having baseball we we're like oh my god this is this is going crazy so we did this show and they still had it and everybody was a little freaked out, but they, um, but I was walking around downtown Houston cause they canceled the stock show. Um, and there was nobody there. It was like, it was like post-apocalyptic. There's just, you're like the last man on earth. It was so weird. And then, so we did the show and then came back and it was spring break and we were heading to go ski at Targi. And um, we had just gotten past uh, Farson and we got a call that says, so, so that's a little over halfway to yeah. Driggs, Idaho, um, that they Targi shut down. We're like, ah, we're, we're halfway there or over halfway there. Um, so we just went and spent that first week up in a, a, a condo up in Driggs. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I guess if we're going to have to, uh uh quarantine or you know whatever we might as well be uh somewhere else because we're gonna have to go back to our house eventually so i don't know yeah well we were kind of like my birthday my girlfriend was turned 40 we we're gonna go to new orleans and it was june for her birthday and it was like as time progressed no 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 that wasn't yeah. happening and yeah. so we ended up in a cabin in uh the black hills up near right and all that area and stuff and that was cool and a few of her friends i could always say if you can find your circle of trust right. and find five or six people that you know are going to handle way things the same way as you are you, you can trust each other around kids all that stuff you can hang out in backyards you just yep. nobody can break the circle nobody can go do random stuff in vegas like nobody you know you kind of have to yeah keep it tight and so we found i mean some of her friends and it was good and it was fun, but I'll also like, 
really, I already live in remote Wyoming. I guess I'll go to remoter Wyoming. Right? <laughs> I know. So yeah, it's, but it was, I like my house. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, and as a homeowner, I always say, there's always something to work on or do. And over the summer, when I go in and out of, okay, we're all at home working. Now we're paused. I, fine. I can work from home and there's stuff I could do, but I would always end up with some house project going, oh, work on this. I, I ran out of projects. I like, I got them all done. <laughs> there's nothing else to do. We're staining our fence. We're finishing up the backyard. Just about to finish staining the fence. We had a new fence built. It's kick ass. And so we got one side staying. Now we're doing the next. I have to do it this weekend. But I did staining. I'm wearing shorts. That were, yes, that have stain on them. <laughs> it, 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 that's why I tell people. I was like, uh, and I did what like not everyone else did. I I barely drank while in quarantine. Uh, I've lost almost twenty pounds. I've uh, yeah. I drink Gatorade always because. <laughs> I think I got, truly, I got COVID in December. I went through all the symptoms of everything they say. I had a feeling like I did too, or at least some people on the, in the banded, because we yeah. were out in California. Well, in January, we did this West Coast run, and it was so awesome. We played LA, we played Sacramento, and then we went up and played um, Ashland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. And there were people there in every one of those audiences that, knew our stuff and they were going gonzo for it it was it was awesome you know we're like finally had this feeling of like we're coming up and everybody uh everybody got sick after that run and i it might have been i I don't know i mean i know it hit the world in (laughs) november december and i university of wyoming is a very very international campus and the kids are just spread around everything. And right. so I went from one day, I remember getting a fever and a dry cough just in the course of a day real fast. And I had one meeting. I was like, this is it. I'm going home. And I didn't go back to work for a week. And I had all everything. And I never went to go get checked out or anything. I was like, it's another flu. But I never, a flu I could beat in a couple of days and get back to work. This was a week, probably two weeks recovery. Right. And I got so dehydrated. And that's why I drink Gatorade like mm-hmm. all the time now, because I will never be that dehydrated again, right. ever, ever. <laughs> and so when this, when it truly was like, Oh, it's hitting, you know, this is what's going to do. I'm like, I'm going to work on my immune system. I went to work on, I work out, lost weight, eat a whole lot better, get sleep. Fitbit. It has a sleep score. It's terrible for like, I don't know, OCD. Cause I'm mm-hmm. trying to win. I want to be, I want to have the best sleep score. I want to get the top. So I'm always trying to figure out how to get better sleep or I think that would mess with me. I don't know. It is. It's odd. I mean, it's first of you, Oh, you do your steps and everything. You don't realize how much you move in a day sometimes or don't move. Yeah. And then now it's like, I look at all the other options and sleep was one of them. But if you get good sleep, you eat and uh, get your exercise. Mine would be all jacked up. Cause I've got to do, I've got to, I've got to switch my sleep patterns up weekly. oh yeah so you know uh monday through whatever or sunday through thursday or whatever i've got to be up at like six o'clock start getting re- kids ready for school and stuff but then you know i switch it up and then i'm going to bed at two or three in the morning and 
it's uh my, my fitbit would <laughs> function i think <laughs> as long as you get your seven or eight like it, it measures like when you wake up when you're in rem sleep it's interesting and i i i use some enhancement i use melatonin yeah and i don't know if you ever tried it but it's yeah. not a, it's not like a knockout sleep like sleeping pill mm-hmm. i just feel relaxed i'll take right. The drop, you know, I do liquid stuff and I do like take a drops before a ha- half hour before I go to bed and I'll sit on the couch and I'm like, oh, there it goes. And I'll <laughs> like, oh, it's time to go to bed. Otherwise it's bedtime on the couch. And so I was like, it's nice, but everyone's like, oh, I don't want to be addicted to something. And I was like, I take it, not taking it. And it's fine. I, sleep I read fine. a lot. Reading, yeah. reading helps me get to sleep pretty, pretty good. Um, and, and chasing kids all day, you know, <laughs> that's for sure, man. And, and I've been reading a lot uh, to my boys really into Harry Potter, but okay. he, can't, he can't really read those, those big books. You know, it's a lot, a lot of words. So we've been, uh, we've been reading every night and I just read to him and uh, man, it's been great. It's been that's great. Cool. We actually, so, and we've got a deal where we have to get through the book before we watch the movie. So tonight, just before I jumped on this, we were finishing up the movie of the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. It's our latest conquest. Yeah. That's a great way. <laughs> it's good. Great parenting right there. It's good. I love it. And I, I, I really enjoy reading the books too. So I it's because I didn't have our kids. I mean, I never really got into Harry Potter that much. Lord of the Rings is my thing. I read the books growing up then and then movies and all that. So, and my dad, it's weird because my dad really liked The Hobbit and I really liked Lord of the Rings, such that father uh-huh. son kind of switch around. And so I was like, I wish they would have made The Hobbit first so we could have developed all that technology for The Lord of the Rings. Because I thought The Hobbit benefited all from the technology that Peter Jackson made up to uh-huh. make Lord of the Rings. And so he's developing as he goes, he perfected it for The Hobbit. And I'm like, oh, they got all the cool stuff. And it's not even the better story, but. It's all right. You maybe you'll work on to. Those I know where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll move on to those books when uh, he gets a little older. Yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah one of the one of the next steps. We've been doing the um, what did we do the the Narnia books like okay. the Witch in the Wardrobe and Prince Caspian and uh, some of those ones that he he was pretty into those too. So I don't know. We'll see where our reading adventures take us. Have you, are, you, are they Star Wars kids? Um, yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, we don't, I read those books for myself. Like I okay. read the Star Wars books. I'm kind uh-huh. of like that. Um, so, uh, you know, when we do the movies, um, they, they've seen all the movies or he, he has. Um, but I think some of the books are just a little too, I don't know if he'd get into them. Yeah. Those are for daddy. Yeah. Mandalorian's <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. That trailer uh, was awesome. I'm ready for it. And Boba Fett? Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? Oh my God. That blew my mind. Yep. I was like, everything is done. 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 We brought this character back. <laughs> That's great. I mean, because he is such a pop culture character that literally was in, uh, barely in movies. Right. And it was so iconic looking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the toys. I mean, wish I had like my, we had a large size Boba Fett. I had one. I think my buddy had one and the Chewbacca's. They're all like this, you know, tall. Right. And he had the backpack that came off. But yet 
two movies and he's done out really quickly in one. I was like, he well, made me feel mad, so I'm glad that we're getting Boba Fett back. My kids had to get the Baby Yoda stuffies, so we've got those. Oh, I have such – I lose my mind with that one. Unless it's Yoda reincarnated, which the is child. maybe there's only – The child. Yeah, I know. But, I, yeah, I'm like – people are like, Baby Yoda, and I'm like, it's a Yoda species. Right. It's not Baby Yoda. He's dead. Yoda died right before that series. They don't – a lot of them are like, I don't understand. I was like, Return of the Jedi – he dies, Mandalorian starts, and they're like, oh. I'm like, so it can't be Baby Yoda unless there's a reincarnation of some it, sorts, which did we prove that in the last movie? So that's on the table. Non, Non-nerds just don't get it. Non-nerds just don't, yeah. It's on the table. <laughs> so I'll say I was wrong if it is truly Baby Yoda. Right. But I, I drove me crazy for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know. All right, I got one last question. I asked okay. this one too. Cool. Since it's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude, how'd we meet? Uh, we met, it was that Vegas show, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure it was It was in Las Vegas after a show. And uh, were, you, were you just visiting out there? Were you living out there? My parents live there. They've lived there oh. the last 10 years or so. Okay. Um, no, it was prior to that. My best friend lives down there. And... So, you know, Wyoming football goes to Vegas. I end up there. Or when he moved there, uh, whatever. It, Thursday, I'm going to Vegas. Right. And so I'm sure I was like, this band, well, every band's playing there. John's playing there. Like, got, let's go. We're going. I wasn't even let's go. It's like, we're going. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, like, I used to always run into – Chauncey at Lovejoy's when I was DJing and he would be like, what's up, Rude? And I just couldn't pull his face. Like, I couldn't put it together. Right. And he would be like, he'd say, it's Chauncey. It's Chauncey. And I was like, yes, of course, you're a rock star. And uh, and he's like, no, you're the rock star. And he'd be in Lovejoy's and he'd be packed. I'd be like, I'm just a DJ at this bar. I was like, no, 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 you guys actually get this done. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I'm going to play your guys' music eventually, which was true. And it's I think, because uh, I, I think I remember that time you were talking about where we, we just kind of hung out after the show and there was yeah. a round and we were just kind of kicking it. And, oh, yeah. And then and then it came up that uh, you knew my wife um, from high school and then then that was it. Yeah, that one where we were like, yeah, Tara. And I was like, Wow, that's so amazing. I mean, that's small world. Actually, wow, it shouldn't be surprising. Wyoming is a small town. It's a small town. It's a small, yeah. small town. So, <laughs> what day is that? It's October 7th, 16th? What day is that? It's the 17th. 17th. Yeah. We're out of town. Sorry. Otherwise, uh, I try. Gotta go um, and then, uh, yeah, after that, uh, we've got a. Uh, something in Sioux Falls and something in um, well, where else we got some other gig. And, and then I think we'll be down in, cause they moved the NFR this year to uh, Texas. So then in the beginning of December, we'll be down in um, Fort Worth and Arlington uh, doing some shows down there. And then hopefully once the new year starts and ho- hopefully we can get, get some more, stuff lined up and like some real tour stuff lined up because like last week or two weeks ago we were supposed to be out with toby again with it these were shows that were supposed to be in may that got pushed back to september and uh so now they're pushed back to may again 
Um, so we, and we're starting to fill some uh, cool dates for next year, but I want, I want more. That's right. <laughs> so, and, and you guys are, are you guys uh, working on a new album? Are you still playing? Yeah. Out? Yeah. We're um, in November. We're going to go down and uh, cut six new tracks and um, just have those ready to go. We just, just came out with a new album, you know, during, I, I think it was June maybe is when we, we released it. Um, so now we're, I mean, in this, in this business, you gotta like kind of come back with some stuff quickly. Um, and be able so, to score with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're going to get six, six new songs ready to go. And, uh, and then, uh, We'll see how that goes, and then hopefully, um, I don't know, February or something, we can uh, go finish finish another full album. So, what you guys the ten out ten songs that we got to shoot for or something like yeah, that? Yeah, ten to ten to twelve. We'll see. Ten, ten, to, ten to do, but twelve if you know they're good. You don't want to put anything that's just kind of doesn't quite cut the mustard just because you want to get to a certain number, you know. Oh, so of course. We'll see. Um, but we've, we've got six that are ready to go. That's awesome. We'll be waiting. We'll be waiting for the six, even though I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, Third Street, the album. Oh, and we just came out with uh, Third Street on cassette. We just got all the, we got all the cassettes in yesterday. So if, uh, and I, I'm not sure when they'll be available on the website on chanceywilliams.com, uh, but hopefully, hopefully they'll be on there uh, within this next week and if you have uh, a cassette tape deck uh you can pick one up there and slap that in your tape deck i, I wanted to make so many jokes about well let me grab my delorean so i can go back uh, in time to play this thing yeah. uh, i i work in technology we may have some tape players i already have i already have the disc so it gets played on my shows uh, i didn't know brooke could sing so, yeah, that was a great. That's one of like my favorite songs to listen to. And so, yeah, that was that was a good one. We're gonna go shoot a video for that here um, in a couple weeks. Fine. Yeah, so that that should be fun. So look for that as well. Look for that. Go get your tapes. Yeah, sixteen songs are gonna come tapes. out. And they don't have them at Walmart though. I think it's too. Uh, Walmart ski or whatever for Walmart. I know we gotta find those tape decks. Yeah, dust them <laughs> off. It's vintage. It's vintage. Vintage. They're so cool too. Like to just break them open and kind of open them up and get the feeling of a tape again. It's it's nostalgic. It is, but yeah, it's like a guy that's worked in that kind of industry, like VHS and and cassette tapes, deteriorate as as opposed to a digital sound. Oh no, I mean, hey, <laughs> if you can keep playing, you'll wear it out by playing it so much. Kind of like vinyl too. Have your, pencil, have your pencil ready in case it Yeah, because yep. everybody's tape player has got to be, you know, 20 years old, 30 years old. Yeah, so, there's that's see, we're, we're banking on people buying more than one copy because their old tape decks eat the one that they bought. It's very, that's very, very true. Very smart purchase if you get a couple. I always think. Get a couple, because then one may like get stuck in your tape deck and it's there for the rest of their lives in that car. Right. Right, so they're gonna enjoy. It. Yes, it was an interesting marketing move. It's gonna work well because Wyoming, we all drive really old cars that probably still have tape decks. So 
Yeah, I'm sure. Works I'm right sure. into it. All oh, right, Ellen, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, get thanks, Rude. I I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was nice to get a call or a, get a message from you and asking me to do it. I appreciate it, man. And thanks. I appreciate you playing all the songs. Thanks for giving me your time. Yeah, you bet, buddy. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend and go, folks. Go Pokes is the perfect phrase to end a podcast. I think every podcast should be ended with Go Pokes. Wyatt, I thought about this after we talked. Could you put together a blues guitar lick for the show like I just had there with the bass uh, lick? The doom doom doom. Yeah, could you do that for this show? And I will talk about you on the show always and say you provided that guitar lick, a blues one, because you don't get to do that as much in the band. Uh, and we talked about it in the show. So let's see if you can do that. We'll be in touch. Now I remember when uh, Tara and Wyatt first had their son uh, and Wyatt told me his name was Axel or is Axel. And I think my response was, that is so rock and roll. It was great to have Wyatt on the show, and I hope to get the other members on the show as well, and maybe just do a whole show with the band. And uh, they'll get back to touring. They're going to get back to touring soon, and we need to do our part, folks. We need to keep the COVID numbers down so they can play. So you know what you got to do. I know what I got to do. We got to get these boys back on the road. We got to get music back on the road. So make sure you're doing everything you can. Be a part of the solution to ending COVID-19. Deal? Deal. See you on the next podcast.